Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tutor Podcast with me, Neil Camero, bringing you a steaming Monday morning double shot of uncommon sense, all about building your business by helping other people to achieve their dreams. Let's get cracking. Now, today we're going to be talking about what I call whispering. It's the curious tendency to be timid about what we do, about what we teach and who we are particularly in the lead-up to starting a teaching business and in the early days of your tutoring adventure. Now, it's an eternal truth in business that a business with no customers isn't a business. It's a hobby. And there's no point being the best of the best if nobody knows about you. Because you'll either go skint or you'll have to go and get a proper job. So today I'm going to be talking about how you can build a profile for yourself build a customer base, a reputation, grow your business without spending a bloody fortune on advertising that might or might not work. Because within the advertising world, it's a cliche almost that only 50% of advertising works and 50% doesn't. And the problem of advertising is knowing which is which. So we'll flow over everything. Here are the main points we'll be looking at. One, get noticed. Number two, dealing with the fear. Number three, perfectionism. Number four, be yourself. Number five, be seen and get met. Number six, get found. Number seven, building digital real estate. Number eight, branding. Number nine, your marketing strategy. Number 10, your image. And then number 11, why perception is everything. Now, let's loop back and dive into those headlines to find out what underpins those ideas and why they're so important to us teachers, tutors and coaches. Right, number one, get noticed. There is no point in being brilliant at what you do if nobody knows about it. You must have some kind of public profile. This is not negotiable, guys. It's not selling out to the man. It's not somehow demeaning your art if you're a musician or an artist. Because if you have no customers, you have no business. And I think it's vitally important that we all have more customers than we can deal with. If you have more customers, then your business is going to respond positively to the law of supply and demand, this key economic concept. If there is more demand than there is supply, you can put your prices up. So the more customers you've got funneling through your doors, the better for you. I strongly suggest you cap the amount of time that you'll work during a week so that you don't just become overextended and do everything on your own terms. If necessary, you'll have a waiting list. That's a wonderful place to be. In addition to your waiting list, you might also then be able to generate a standby list for any cancellations that you get. So if someone cancels at short notice and you can make a quick phone call or send a couple of texts, you could get paid twice for the same session. 
and you won't be sitting on your hands wondering what happened. The people on the standby list and the waiting list obviously then become candidates for a regular teaching slot as and when you are available. The fact that there is a barrier to entry, a time barrier or a waiting list, boosts your credibility and ultimately your effectiveness with your students. If it's so hard to get lessons with you and it's so expensive to get lessons with you, doesn't that automatically mean that you must be brilliant? Of course, if your teacher is acknowledged to be brilliant, are you going to learn faster? In most cases, the answer to all those questions is yes. So I'm going to press on onto dealing with the fear. For all sorts of reasons, being seen in public, being known about, can be a very, very unpleasant, very upsetting, disconcerting experience. This is completely normal, the natural part of who you are. We all have an inbuilt tendency to try to stay the same. And if we begin to show ourselves out in public, we're starting to become different and we will resist that. So just be aware of it. If you're not feeling uncomfortable, you're probably not doing anything worth looking at. Now, in the back of that, there's often a fear of exposure. That if you are visible, you can be somehow found out that either you're not very good at what you do or that you're a fraud in some way. And of course, you will attract some haters, some people who don't like you if you're widely visible. This is normal. Your haters either don't get you, don't know you well enough, or are just not part of your tribe. Don't let haters get in your way. You're going to let someone you'll never meet, a keyboard warrior or a bedroom bully, you're going to let somebody like that get in your way. And I don't know what's wrong with you. What we can't, we can't do that. We've got to get our faces out there. We've got to be known about. But something that shows up occasionally in discussions is that people are worried about security. I was once asked, aren't you worried about people knowing that you have so many guitars? Um, no, they're insured. Okay. I take care of security. Everything is marked up. Um, there is surveillance equipment here. There are alarms here. I'm as secure as I need to be. But I, I don't have a problem with having signage outside of my house because I live on a main road. If someone drives past and goes, uh, guitar teacher, the public assumption and the perception of guitar teachers is that we're skinned. A little while ago, I was in Italy with a friend who was explaining to her mom that I was a professional guitar teacher and I did it full time and I was very successful at it. And her mom simply said, no, 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 what does he really do? And it took a long time to convince her that it was possible to make a damn good living teaching guitar. So don't let security get in the way. Most people think guitar teacher must be skinned. Get on with it. Right, perfectionism then, this is point three. Perfection, perfectionism is the great lie, in my opinion, that it somehow has to be perfect before we can even start. Every single day of your life, you'll be sitting down using something that is inherently imperfect. If you're in a Mac, 
you'll know what I'm talking about. It's called your OS. If you're using a Windows PC, it's called Windows. I'm currently using Windows 10 because Windows 1.1, Windows 3.1, Windows 95, etc. They're now obsolete. They're considered to have been imperfect and superseded by new things. What IT and software companies do is develop an idea of a, something called a minimum viable product, or MVP. They don't wait to be perfect. They get something that's kind of sort of doable. And they'll test that with beta testers. These are people who test things before they go on widespread market to catch many of the major bugs. And then they will release their MVP, their minimum viable product, as quickly as possible. From that point on, it's considered that the product is in the field being tested by the customer. Perfection doesn't exist. And perfection is a sterile myth. Once something is perfect, it can't be improved. And at that point, I think there's no way we can grow and learn and expand our sense of self. So perfection is probably going to shut down any idea of a future and moving forward into growth, into an improved life experience. Another great thing that I like to poke perfectionists in the eye with is that perfection can't last in a changing world. If everything around what you think is what you currently think is perfect changes, then the chances are that what you thought was perfect will no longer fit the environment. So if you are subject to perfectionism, and I know I've been guilty of this myself in the past, get off your arse and do something. Don't wait for it to be perfect. When I was in management consultancy, my boss once said to me, they didn't want it perfect, Neil. They wanted it on Tuesday. And that really stuck me. To this day, I think they didn't want it perfect. They want it Tuesday. So when I record these podcasts, I know it's not perfect, but I know that my tech team want it by Wednesday or I'm in deep, deep trouble. That's why I commit to doing something every week. So I'm now, I would say, joyously imperfect. And this ties into our fourth point. Be yourself. When you're putting yourself out there into the world, you are your best asset. There is nobody like you in the world. And what we're aiming to do it's to be visible enough to attract our own tribe. We're not trying to please everyone or appeal to the world and his dog. Neither do we want to be like everybody else in our market sector because then we'll become a commodity. What I think is incredibly useful to do is to amplify your own natural tendencies. If you are a geek for your subject with a passion for what you do, amplify it up expand it, let it become almost a caricature of those natural tendencies and tra traits. I am a total guitar geek when it comes to learning. Not so much around the gear side of things, but about the understanding the instrument. I'm passionate about that. And I'm passionate in my belief that anyone can play. I don't accept any limitations on players. So in every sense, I am massively imperfect, but I'm at least myself or an enlarged form of it. Now, within, within marketing, there is a concept of the appealing 
personality or the attractive personality. And this is who you are with bells on almost. I'll be coming down to that a little bit later. So be yourself. It's the very core of everything you do. So my point five is get seen and get met. In business, everything is people. You might think you're in the teaching business. You're in the business of communication, education, and people. So to find all these people, to have all these people find you, you have any chance of a successful business, you must be visible. And you must be visible repeatedly. Or better still, get met in the flesh by people. Wherever you go, talk to people. If you get an opportunity to talk to people, ask them what they do. Engage in conversation. Allow them to ask what you do. Help someone. Because if you can help someone with a little problem today, their no today could turn into a yes tomorrow. You always want to maximise the number of people who know you in a positive way. There's the phrase that I use about myself when I'm talking to people on the phone is that I'm world famous in Brosley. Now, Brosley is a small town in rural Shropshire. But pretty much everyone in the town knows who I am because my home is on a main road in and out of town. There is signage there. They're used to seeing my old 4x4 with my name emblazoned all over it, my personalised number plate on it. And they're used to seeing me walking around wearing my uniform and my branded garments, whether I'm just in and out of the house, when I'm popping to the shops. Everybody knows me because... I believe that customers and opportunities are everywhere out there. Every person you speak to can either become a customer or can refer a customer to you. Every time you speak to someone, there's an opportunity opportunity to impact positively on their lives. And if all you do is go from one day to the next and one encounter with people to the next and leave them in a better state than you found them, that works great. There's nothing better that you could do for another person than to improve the quality of their day. Now, if you're using this idea, you want as many contact points as possible. They're called multiple contact points. So for me, it's signage. For you, it might be adverts. On a weekly basis, I post a blog, which is more about personal development than guitar teaching. But as you already know, I have my own podcast. Um, Monday this week, I was on someone else's podcast as a guest. I've got my own website, I've got social media channels, multiple platforms, I go out networking to business events, on business events. I am part of a business development masterminding group and whenever I can, I'll get on radio or TV because if I can be interviewed on radio or TV, I'm usually positioning myself as an expert. And remember that radio and TV companies need guests. They've got a schedule to fill. They need experts. So it makes a lot of sense to be findable by those people or to approach them and tell them what you do so they can bear you in mind and do it repeatedly. Don't just do it once. Now, what we're talking about here is mind space. In a perfect world, you want everyone to have a little bit of their brain, tiny bit of their mind reserved for you and for what you do. Mind space, mind space, nah. If I say to you the words running shoes, the chances are that the word Nike will trot across your consciousness. Do Nike make great running shoes? Not really. There is no evidence to support anything that Nike have ever sold as being a good product. 
But what they've managed to do is create an association and a little bit of real estate in your brain that says athletics equals Nike. That's the kind of occupation of consciousness that Mindspace actually is for us. So when people in my area are thinking, guitar teacher, I want them to think, ah, there's that bloke in Brosley with a funny name, Neil. Neil Cowmeadow, what stupid name that is. That's why I don't have a different name for my business, because I just have such a stupid name. The moment someone says, guitar teacher, within a fairly large radius of here, someone goes, oh, there's that guy in Brosley. Or, you need to talk to Neil. The next job, once they've started to think about it, is you need to be found. Now, where do you and I usually look when we're trying to find something? The internet, isn't it? We all Google for what we need. So open yourself up a Google account if you don't already have one. Set yourself up on Google Business for your teaching, tutoring or coaching business. Make sure it shows up on Google Maps. Don't be shy about this stuff, guys. There's no point whispering into the world because there is so much noise out there in the world that you won't get heard. If you're found on Google Maps or Google Business, you have an association created for you by the name Google. Google is a big, successful corporation. And if they have you listed, you are now leaning a little bit on their reputation. So get yourself found. Have as many reviews, mentions on Google as you possibly can. And this ties in with point seven, which I call digital real estate. The more digital real estate you've got, the better. Now, it might just be a simple landing page website telling the world that you're there, but we can go way beyond that. I want you to start thinking multi-channel. Think about your website. Think about social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all of the social media channels can work for you and they can all link back to your website which helps you to get found. Because the more links there are going in and out of your website to relevant content, Google looks at that with its search robots and spiders, assesses the quality of the links and the materials, and then boosts or reduces your rankings depending on the amount of keywords and links and relevant materials, videos and the like that are on your website. This is called search engine optimization. So if you can, and I suggest that you can, or you know someone who can, pack your website out with content that's rich with relevant keywords. Now this isn't just a content cramming guff because Google's algorithms are now so good that they can tell when it's just marketing keywords crammed one after another in no order. That's why I make sure there are video testimonials on my on my website. Why there's a blog post every week. Why it links to the podcast. If you have courses, products, books, music, link to them. Links to your site are so powerful in getting you found. You don't have to pay for adverts to boost or sponsor yourself to move you up the rankings. It's possible to do it organically. And one of the big drivers on that is get video on your site. I don't put any of my own content video on there at the moment, but that is coming. What I do have on there are video testimonials. Not me talking about what I do, 
it's people who've been through the process with me talking about what I do. Now, one point here is don't try to do it all at once. Gail, you plan out over a number of months or years. I like to think at least 10 years out from where I'm going to be because I know that I can achieve a great deal in 10 years and it's doable. If I only think one year out, chances are I'll just get overwhelmed and there'll be way too much for me to do. Even if I'm recruiting a team around me, do most of the donkey work. Now, something that often stops people in their tracks is my point number eight, branding. What the hell is branding? It's one of those words that everybody seems to talk about and not many people, in my experience, have much of a handle on this. I would say that branding is the way that you're consistently perceived. Branding is the way that you embody the values that you uphold in your business. Branding is is an association with the dreams you inspire and the tribe who identify with you. And for branding, you cannot do better than look at Nike. Their motto, just do it, their slogan, everybody knows that strapline, don't they? They have only one. They have one logo, the swoosh. Um, They have multiple colour schemes. My own opinion is that you should only really have one colour or one colour scheme. So if you think of something like orange, that's a strong branded colour. So what matters, I think, is consistently being the same in the eyes of your customer. You do one thing always. You try to do too many things with different brands and it's almost like you have corporate multiple personality disorder. So focus on the one thing and be that one thing always. Make that part of point nine, your marketing strategy. The big thing about a marketing strategy is that you've got to have one. Make it so you're consistent. For myself, I'm a massive fan of standard operation procedures, even if it's just me doing the process and not yet having a team to do that. Whether it's just for you or for your team, write the stuff down. Because if you write it down now, you'll always be the same. And when you get a team starting to build around you, you just give them the SOP and tell them to get on with it. What should be in there is what marketing activities you'll be performing, when you're going to do them, where they're going to be performed, what platforms, what channels and so on, how often you'll be doing it and what it must do for you. So you're looking to specify the required results. So you have what we call a KPI, key performance indicator. What is your marketing effort done for you? Once it's written down, it can be consistently applied. If it's not standardized and written down, you're ad hoc in it week on week. You're making up as you go along. It's very difficult to get a a good, consistent result from that, particularly when you start onboarding new people. So point number 10 is your image. Image matters immensely. And being consistent in your image counts. You want to be different enough to stand out, but not so weird you alienate the vast majority of people out there. If possible, invest in signature garments or a kind of uniform for yourself. So for me, that's comfortable, casual shoes or smart shoes if I'm feeling particularly good. Usually brown, blue jeans and a purple shirt. I've moved on from grey long sleeve jerseys because grey is a meh. So what colour? I think these deep purple shirts are a lot more energetic. I like the idea that Roman emperors used to wear purple. I've got my signature garments, my little uniform. Next episode, I'll be looking in some depth at your appearance. 
Because whether you like it or not, it's going to be a big part of how you're perceived. And that is my next point, perception. Perception's everything. People are going to judge you regardless of whether you think it's right or wrong. So you owe it to yourself to give yourself the best possible chance to be judged positively. You've got to present the best version of yourself you can and manage other people's perceptions of you in a positive and proactive way. Be yourself in this. Everybody else is taken and you will never have to act or or pretend or fear getting caught out because you're the real deal. You're the genuine article. So be aware, people are watching, people are judging. You can't stop that from happening, but what you can do is create an environment, an aura and an image around yourself that gives you the best possible chance of being perceived positively. And that's all part of not whispering, not being so timid about what we do that we can't get found. In essence, then, that's my 10 cents worth about the whole thing. So do let me know what caught you in this episode and how you get on putting the ideas to work in your business. Email them to me. It's info at neilcamido.com. And I'll see you in the next episode where I'll be continuing to sort through the myths, mysteries and misunderstandings that we all face, separating the fact from the fiction and distilling it all down to the bare bones so you'll learn exactly what to do to start, grow and love your tutoring business the same way I love mine. Join me, Neil Cowardo, next time for another fun-packed episode of the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.